weird you can't even have the conversation. Yeah. Like, I, she's not being like, put a baby in me. Like, she's not being like, rip that condom off and let's go. Yeah. Like, she's being like, I just want to know that you also want kids because it, she knows that that's something she wants. Yeah. So there's nothing worse than being in a relationship not having that laid out, not making sure that you both want the same things in your future. Hey chicks, I'm Sal. And I'm Al. And this is Two Broke Chicks, the show where we share life lessons because we may be broken funds, but we're rich in life. And today we're back with life advice from the chicks. Mm -hmm. So you cheeky chooks have been sliding into our DMs with lots of questions about life from relationships and careers, friendships. So we thought that we would answer some of them on the show today and help you guys out because we know that if one person is sending in this question, probably 300 other people have the exact same question. Yeah, I feel like we've all probably been in moments like this. Oh, absolutely. So if you don't need the advice now, maybe you will in the future or maybe you've already lived it. Exactly. And the other side. You can recycle it and give it to a friend. Yeah, <laughs> double it and pass it on to the next person. Yeah. But before we get into the life advice from the chicks, we're going to kick off with our product recommendations of the week. So what have you been shopping now? Okay, so my product recommendation is something that we got sent in the mail from Grey Lines and it's their collab with 100% That Tim. You definitely know who they are. They are the person on TikTok that's doing all the throwbacks. From when you're in high school with your emo boyfriend and your concealer lipstick. <laughs> and they have just launched this game with Grey Lines called Messy Millennial. And it's a drinking game and it pulls on all the niche memories from when you were growing up. So it'll be like, drink if you had fantasy by Britney Spears. Yeah. Or it's like there's one card and it says... You just found out about two girls, one cup. <laughs> Everyone add a part of their drink into a cup and choose two people to drink from it. Like, it's just so good. It's so niche. It's so stupid. Sal and I were playing it together on the weekend and we were like, fuck, this is funny. We were cackling and it will really unlock some niche memories for you and make you realize that you've never had a unique experience in your entire life and we all lived the same adolescence. Mm -hmm. It is so so fun. Yeah, so smart. Mm -hmm. So definitely check it out because you need it for your pre's. Mm -hmm. For your next girl's night out. All right, my product recommendation. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. I was actually reminded of this by our good mate, Lucy Neville, because she bought one and posted it on her Instagram story. And I was like, yeah, fuck, this is good. I should tell the chicks about it. And it's a fabric shaver. <laughs> so you know how your clothes get all pilly? You are a grandma. Excuse me. I am all about. You are a grandma. Excuse me. I love it. This is important. I right? love it though. But this you're is... like a water pick and a fabric shaver. You know what? Sometimes I like to mix up the 700 hair and skincare products with something practical. But you know when, like, your favourite hoodie gets all pilly and then you're like, fuck, I don't want to wear this. Like, I look like such a grub. And these days that happens after five washes. With this little thing, it's like a shaver that you just gently rub over your clothes and it gently picks up all of the little pilly, bully parts on your jumper. TM, pilly, bully parts. Mm-hmm. But it makes your clothes look brand new. Mm -hmm. And I find that happens all the time with pants and things if you have a handbag and it's like rubbing on yeah. the side especially trackies oh my like god the more yeah you wash them i think it's like phillips and it's 20 bucks mm. so good 
Let's get into our life advice from the chicks. So we wanted to protect our chicks and give them some privacy. Some privacy. So we've changed some names and details of these, but the crux of the stories are the same. But let's start off with our first DM from Cynthia. Cynthia. (laughs) (laughs) Cynthia is dead. Yeah, we thought of the names ourselves, so... I want everyone to enjoy that and really acknowledge mm. the uh, creativity that went into these names. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. Cynthia, go mm-hmm. on, Sal. Cynthia says, I really want to get a pet, but I'm not sure if I'm ready yet. I grew up with dogs and love them so much, and I live alone now, so would love the company. Although I do have to go into the office three days a week, and I'm not sure if that's fair to leave the dog home alone then. This is so relatable. This is so relatable. I feel like I literally am on this journey right now with you. So as you chicks know, I foster animals from like a local shelter and it's definitely something that's been on my mind lately that like I want to get a pet, but like am I ready for it? Because getting a pet is not only a commitment in your day-to-day life, it is a commitment for at least the next 10 years, depending on what pet you get. Some cats live up to 18 years, some even more, and dogs live, you know, upwards of 10 years, 12 years. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that it's like, oh, cute, like blah, 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 blah. And I think a general rule of thumb is if that commitment is really scary, then you're probably not ready. Yeah. Like that's maybe a rule of thumb that I kind of go into it with. I think that idea is a bit intimidating, but if you're like, oh, my God, I don't know if I can do this for the next 10 years, then that probably tells you all you need to know. If you are ready for that, I think really investing the time into look at the finances to see if you can even afford a pet. So like how much is pet insurance going to cost you? a month or a year, how much is food, toys, you know, if you're going to get a cat, a litter box, if you're going to get a dog, you know, all those things that they need, any medications that's going to come up. You need to kind of look at all those expenses that are going to pop up and whether you can actually afford it Mm -hmm. is a massive part in that. And then it comes down to the time. It's like, are you ready for 10 years? Are you ready for the finances? And then are you ready for the responsibility day to day? Because even just getting a foster animal, especially a dog, dogs are so needy. Mm. Cats are pretty easy. Like cats are okay. I've like fostered both. But like dogs, they need so much love and attention. They're little babies. Like we love them. Mm. But they need a lot of time investment. They need to be walked every day. You need to make sure you're getting a breed that's like compatible with apartment living if you don't live in a house with a backyard. And you need to make sure that you can go home and feed them. So like even moments like, you know, maybe you go to the office and you want to go out for after work drinks. You have to go home. You have to go feed the dog. Mm. So having those things that your normal routine that you're living in is going to change. And I know that I've just told you every like negative thing, but you have to know that you're ready to do that. And if you are, if you're like, yep, Gorge, I don't really go out that much anymore. If I do, it's a couple times a month. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. Like you don't have to be at home 24-7 just because you got a pet, but you need to know like that your routine will change and if you're okay with that. Yeah, exactly. Or if you're going to have a holiday that you have someone that could take care mm. of your pet for you or you have the means to, you know, put your dog in a kennel or yeah. something for the week. Like you need to prepare for the future 
monetary and time yeah. costs as well as the upfront ones. Yeah, because if you still haven't done like your six-month Europe girly trip, probably not the best time. I think the whole narrative of I can't leave my dog at home or my cat at home because I have to go in the office, that is a COVID thing. Mm. Like I grew up with dogs and they were fine. This whole thing of I have to be at home all the time because of the dog. Sure, when you first get them, but they need to learn to be on their own sometimes. Exactly. Nothing worse than like a super needy pet Mm. that like people have to be like, oh, they have to come with me everywhere because they cry when they're at home. Train them. That's how you end up Also having the time to train them. So I think you need to look at all of those things and then see if none of that is too intimidating or too much for you. I would say get a foster animal first. Mm. That's like the best test. Yeah. Get like volunteer at a shelter. There are so many that need foster carers. I volunteer at the Sydney Dogs and Cats Home and they always need foster carers. Get a dog for a week and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. If that's too much, then you know maybe a little bit later. Exactly. And then you've done a good deed in the process. Exactly. And then you cry when you drop them off like me. Let's hear from Tammy Lee. Tammy Lee. Okay, Tammy Lee. Let's get. (laughs) (laughs) I love these names. Chickies. (laughs) I need some advice. So my partner and I have been together for a year and a half. I'm 28 and he's currently 25 turning 26 at the end of the year. I'm at the age where a lot of my friends have started having babies, which has made me quite clucky. I have brought this up with my partner a few times, just the whole having babies combo, and he literally won't have a bar of it. It's not like I'm saying I want to have babies tomorrow, but I would like to seriously start thinking about a future with children in it. And he just gets super aggravated and says he's so much life left to live and doesn't even want to entertain the idea of another baby for five years. But by then I'll be 33. I'm worried that if I stick around and wait, it will get to a point in a few years where I bring it up again and he just keeps pushing it out further and further. I completely respect that it's his decision to wait, but I've always known that I was born to one day be a mum and I just feel a bit stuck. Okay, here's my two cents. I think it's weird you can't even have the conversation. Yeah. Like I, she's not being like, put a baby in me. Like she's not being like, rip that condom off and let's go. Yeah. Like she's being like, I just want to know that you also want kids because it, she knows that that's something she wants. Yeah. So... There's nothing worse than being in a relationship, not having that laid out, not making sure that you both want the same things in your future because exactly what she's saying, what happens if she gets to 33 in five years' time and he's like, no, I just don't want kids, point blank. Mm -hmm. I think the body clock thing, don't stress about that too much. There are so many avenues that you can take to having children. You can freeze your eggs. There's a lot of options. And people are having babies later and later in life. That's that's not too much to stress about if that's okay with you. Like if you want to have a baby at a younger age, then that's your value. Mm. But I think don't put too much stress on the body clock thing. Yeah. But I do also understand her. Like I don't want to then be in my early 30s and then, you know, find out he doesn't want babies. And then I got to find another person I love. Exactly. That I want to have babies with, which can take a lot longer. And I understand that he's young and this is probably a very overwhelming conversation and he probably feels a lot of pressure and that's why he doesn't even want to face the conversation. But I would say that that is a red flag that he won't even give you the time to have the conversation because 
I feel like especially as women or as a person who wants to and can have a baby, they should have empathy that there are biological factors here for you that you do need to think about it earlier Mm. than perhaps he does. Or you're the one who has to have the baby. Yes. I just think that a lot of young men don't particularly understand that or it's really hard for them to grasp, but also grow up and have some empathy and have this conversation with your partner. And I think whether it's getting married, having kids, buying a home, these milestone things in your life, you need to have the conversations and be agreed. And on the same page because otherwise it's just going to come back and bite you on the bum in the future. Yeah. And again, you're doing the right thing. You're saying, I'm not saying now, I just want to know that that's something you want Mm. so that we both have the same wants in this relationship. Yeah. Exactly. And yes, there's a lot of life to live, but also life doesn't stop when you have children. It changes and only continues. Fully. So. I think respect the fact that, yeah, he doesn't want kids now but neither do you. That's not what you're saying. And I think maybe stand your ground a bit more with this and being like, I need to know that this is something that you will want in the future because if not, I need to reevaluate what I want in the now. And it's not an ultimatum. It's not like, okay, you need to tell me if you want kids with me right now. Mm. You need to make sure that that's something maybe they want. Because as well, I know you've only been dating for a year and a half, but that's still a significant amount of time. Exactly. So I think... My advice would be to sit down with your partner and have a conversation and do not allow them to dodge the question. Mm. Literally be like, no, we are having this conversation. I reckon he's like scared because her friends have had babies. Yeah. And so he's like, fuck, now she's going to want one. Yeah. That it's like reiterating again, you're not asking to rip the condom off right now. You're setting yourself up for your future exactly and yeah don't let him out (laughs) lock the door throw away the key like be gentle with the conversation and empathetic towards the pressure that he's feeling but stand up for yourself but she's not putting pressure on him no but that's clearly what it seems like he's very scared and maybe reiterate that like be like i'm not pressuring you Mm -hmm. and grow up a bit (laughs) yeah like be able to have a conversation like my boyfriend's 23 i'm 27 and like I've been like, yeah, like probably want kids. And he's like, yeah, I want kids in the future. That's it. Doesn't yeah. mean You're that we're like, Ooh. we're just like, okay, cool. We're aligned to that. And I'm still, I'm also like, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Mm. And he's like, okay, like we will then cross that bridge when we come to it. I'm like, I'm like 80% sure, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to have the baby. So I was like, I'm pretty sure I want kids. But I don't know if I physically want to have the baby. Like I think maybe surrogacy is something I would want to look at. Would you care Mm. if that's how I would want to have babies? And he was like, no. Yeah. He's like, because that's so unfair. He's like, if I got mad because you didn't want to carry the baby when I don't have to carry the baby either way, he's like, it's no different. Yeah. And you know what that is? empathy. And I think that the inability to have this difficult conversation is a huge red flag that will pop up again and again when times get tough. What ha- yeah. What happens when you go in to have a tough conversation? Like maybe finances are a bit rough one year and he's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. Exactly. But we love you, Tammy Lee, and we We're- are sending you our best. Yeah. I think back yourself. Be strong. Mm-hmm. Be long. Be strong. Don't want to get some friction no. on because you don't want to have a baby. <laughs> baby, yeah, yeah, baby, yeah. yeah want to get my Mercedes. Mercedes, yeah. All right, next one. Mary Ann. Mm. Why are these all like? 
It's so we can say them like this. Okay. I wanted to name her Mary Jane, but I got told no. Well, that might have other connotations. <laughs> 420. Exactly. Okay. This one is from Mary Ann. <laughs> hey, girls. Feeling a bit stuck at the moment and wanted to get some advice from the queens themselves. Thank you Aww. for respecting our station. <laughs> so I've been in a nine to five Monday to Friday job for about five months now. I got the job because someone I know knew the boss and asked if I wanted to work there. I had just finished high school and had nothing lined up. So I went for the interview and got the job. Good job. Congrats. Little did I know that I'd be exhausted 24-7 and so burnt out. I feel like I'm a zombie watching every week go by. I'm very good at my job. Picked up the groove quick, the money's good, and the people are so lovely, but I just feel like I'm missing out on so much other potential. Also, in life, I've always been a very creative person, and this job isn't fulfilling that at all. My parents really think that I should stay in this job for the next five years. Oh, my gosh. I know. What? Am I just feeling this because I'm still adjusting and should stick it out, or should I take the risk and quit and find something else that makes me happy? Also, side note... You guys are the highlight of my day when I drive to work. Oh, Marianne. Thanks, Marianne. Marianne. This is a tough one. So I think first things first, it's really important to note the current like living crisis that we're in, that, you know, there's rumours Australia is heading into a recession and that job security is a very valued thing at the moment. But I don't think it's worth living life in fear of like what you're going to do So you just stay in a job that what sounds like isn't really feeding you because you're very good at your job and you picked it up quick and the money's good. And if it was the right fit for you, you'd be fed internally with that. Like your soul would be kind of lit up being like, I'm good at my job. I love it. Like the money's good. Like everything's falling together. Wow. I'm so lucky. And the fact that you feel like you're a bit of a zombie going through and that there's just more out there is very telling. Like if your creative side isn't being fed and that cup isn't full, I think that tells you what you need to know. Also, you do not need to be doing what your parents tell you when you were growing up. No. Um, do not listen to them. That might be bad advice, but I think you can value your parents' opinion and value and hear what they have to say. Don't brush it off, but you're an adult now and if you want to get Maccas, even though there's food at home, you can get Maccas. Mm. You don't have to stay in that job for the next five years. And I think if you're already feeling this burnt out and feel like a zombie just going through the motions, imagine what you're going to feel like in five years' time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when your parents were entering the workforce, it was a very different time. Mm -hmm. And in this current day and age, it's very normal for young people to move between jobs like that is a trend that we've seen over the last 10 years so that's completely normal and might seem a bit strange to them I think putting a five-year timer on it is odd like you should move you should move on when it feels right not to hit like a certain milestone that you've set for yourself because I think you're kind of holding yourself back from opportunities by doing that I completely agree with what you're saying about the cost of living crisis right now and that job security is really important Mm. and something that should be valued so if you're not feeling creatively fulfilled by this job you also can test the waters by starting a side hustle Mm. or doing something creative out of work yeah but I want to work more Yeah, but I think that, well, potentially you could talk about maybe cutting back to part-time. I think that if you're at the point where you 
aren't 100% confident that you want to like leave, even pursuing something creative, Mm. you might not feel tired after doing that because you're actually doing something Mm. that is filling your cup. Yeah. And I think that's also a good way to see if you actually want to pursue something. Mm. So I think that there are so many options. And I also think take comfort knowing that this is your first full-time job. Yeah. And going straight from high school into your first full-time job is really overwhelming, even if you have your dream job. Oh, my gosh. There are studies that have been done that as soon as somebody got paid for doing something that they love, it immediately kind of took away from some of that joy. Really? Yeah. That's fucked. Yeah. But there are so many things that you can do in your work and in life that bring you joy. Like we love our job. Mm. We don't love it 100% of the time, but I would say that we love it 95% of the time. And I would that's, say 99.9. Yeah, and that's a really important distinction. Mm. So you can find joy in your job. I remember when I first started my first full-time job. Oh, my gosh, I was so tired. Because as well, kind of what we were talking about in the Leveling Up Your Career episode, that what we do with work now is so knowledge-based that it's productivity and, like, creative thinking, whether that's not necessarily creative in the initial sense of, you know, colours and art and design and, you know, storytelling, but it's like, okay, I need to get this result with this strategy how am I going to do that like Mm. whatever it is critical thinking it's really really draining to kind of be doing that 24 7 as well as learning new things meeting new people going on a new routine especially after you know we've been through what we've been through in the last couple of years yeah you are going to feel tired Mm. let yourself feel tired there are so many days especially after working nine to five that I would just come home and I'd be like whoa like that's a lot And that might last a week. That might last a month. Like you were allowed to be burnt out, Mm -hmm. but trying to stop burning that candle at both ends is important. Totally. Try not to lean into the pressure that you're feeling from society or your parents and lean into your gut feeling, Mm. whatever that is. I would say maybe set like a six-month plan. Maybe think about some boundaries that you're going to put in place with work over the next six months. Think about some activities that do feed that creative side that aren't going to feel like work that you're going to enjoy and maybe fill that cup a bit. And then set yourself reminders to maybe revisit how you're feeling. And if not, what are some other things you might like to do? Do you want to change industries? Do you want to do something else? Do you want to go traveling? And maybe set up some goals or like a bucket list over the next six months so that you're kind of checking in with how you're feeling. Because when we do this, we very often think something needs to change and then that idea is very overwhelming. So then we just go through the motions and you're like, oh, I wish I did something six months ago. Yeah, exactly. So holding yourself accountable. Yeah. Make yourself a little action plan. Yeah. But you're not alone and so many people feel like that too. All right. Our last one from... (laughs) Beatrix. (laughs) I'm just thinking of Beatrix Potter who wrote the Peter Rabbit books. Beatrix. Love you. It's a cute name. (laughs) Yeah, it is very cute. How to make friends in your 20s. Clubbing just doesn't work here. So we're going to do actually a full episode on this, but we did want to give like a cute tidbit Mm, of Sneak peek. I think my way of making friends in your 20s is doing the things that you like doing and then finding the people that are already there 
literally a couple months ago, just made a new friend at Pilates because I just turned to her on the reformer next to me and I was like, I'm so tired. Like I just started talking to her mm. and I think she, at first she was like, huh? And then literally by the end of the class, we were swapping Instagrams. Ooh, <laughs> hit of your paper there. Spank my Sorry. paper like Oh, that. don't, don't do that. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> But, yeah, like just had a cute little chat and just turning to people around you and talking to them. I feel like you should take the energy you take on holidays that you just talk to randoms around you into everyday life. Like when you're sitting in a restaurant or in a bar, turn to the person and be like, oh, what's the occasion? Like what are we drinking for? Mm. Sure, you might look like a bit of a weirdo sometimes, but I promise you 90% of the time people will be like, she's really friendly. Yeah. He's really friendly. They're really friendly. And you just gravitate. People gravitate towards you. Yeah. Like the right people will be receptive to that kind of thing. 100%. Yeah. And I think as well, don't be afraid to ask your friends if you can come along to group situations or, you know, if you have a friend at uni or something like that and say, hey, like I don't have anything on this weekend. Like do you want to grab a drink or like Mm. what are you up to? And be like, that sounds fun. Can I come? Mm. Or, you know, when you meet those people, like maybe you met them out on a night out or you met them getting a coffee in the morning and you're like, we should catch up, like we should get a drink. Do it. Follow up. Like actually message them and be like, hey, like did you want to get a drink tonight? Like I'm around or if not, we can book in another time. Yeah. And do it like that day or the next day. Mm. Don't let time pass. Yeah. Do it while it's hot. Strike while the iron is hot. Yeah. Be like, it was so nice to meet you. Should we hang out, make out? No? Mm. Oh, okay. Maybe that's just me. Mm. Sorry. That's just us. Yeah. yeah. Also, there's lots of Facebook groups and stuff of people in your local area of like single young girls or people who have moved to the area who are looking for friends who will do meetups or yeah. are like, I'm going to this concert alone. Does anybody want to come with me? There's also just meetup events Yeah, that people hold that you can go with other, you know, whatever city you're in, like Sydney ciders that go to a certain bar and it's like a mixer. Yeah. But not for dating. It's like a friendship mixer, which is so cute. Another one, I'm giving too much away. We need to save some for the episode. <laughs> but Bumble, bear with me, but has Bumble friends. And mm. so my friend that moved to New Zealand used it and she ended up making like four friends when she moved to a completely different country just by using like the Bumble's friends section mm. to meet new people. Yeah. And, and I think the good thing about a mixer or – like using something like the Bumble BFF or whatever it's called, is that you're cutting out the risk of potentially being rejected, which I think is what holds a lot of people back is the uncertainty of am I going to come across weird, which you're not, but I understand why that might be a bit of a deterrent. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what if you're a bit weird? Yeah. That's the best friendships anyway. You're going to be weird once you be friends anyway. Yeah. You're so weird with your friends. Mm, Two freaks on a leash. That's us. But I think if you are concerned about that, going to a mixer or using an app like that cuts out, you know, that Mm. worry and you know that you're meeting with like-minded people who also want to make friends. Yeah. I think the best thing you can do for yourself to make new friends is to not care about how you look. Mm -hmm. Like to just be yourself and be so genuinely you 
with all that is, all that joy, all that personality and be like, this is it. Mm-hmm. Would you like a slice? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Would you like a slice of I, the salonelle pie? I've got the pie. Would you like a slice? <laughs> There's plenty to go around. Because genuinely I feel like that's how I ended up making so many friends in my 20s mm. because – in my earlier years, like my 18, 19s and probably early 20s, I had so much self-doubt. I had so much insecurity. I didn't feel like I had a lot to give people. And you know what? That definitely bled through mm. in the relationships I had and in maybe some of the toxic friendships that put me down that I was like, oh, I don't have a lot to give people. So why would they be friends with me? I had that inner saboteur that was in my head being like, well, why would anyone want to be friends with you? Mm -hmm. And then learning to be on my own, learning to love myself and being my own best friend showed me that I've got a lot to give. Mm -hmm. Sure, I'm a weird little freak that has weird voices that they do impressions and everyone's like, shut up. (laughs) But also that's how you meet your like-minded misfits and those are the best friends that you have. Like people and human beings are animals. We feed off each other's energy. We can sense each other's fear, but we also completely are drawn to everyone's positive energy and charisma, mm. which everybody has inside them. Yeah. So I think that is the best piece of advice. Yeah. Go into it being 100% your beautiful, unique and genuine yeah. self. And like back yourself. Know you have a lot to give. Be like, yeah, I'm a great friend. Mm-hmm. I am so supportive and I'm always there for people. Why would anyone not want to be friends with me? And you're going to be so confident and it won't matter if someone doesn't necessarily pick up what you're offering them because you're like, that's okay. At least I'm not wasting it. Yeah, exactly. You You wouldn't want that person as a friend anyway. Yeah. But like maybe they're not necessarily in the space that they're – it's not personal. Totally. If someone doesn't pick it up, if someone doesn't have a slassy or pie – then it's it's not personal. It's not a measure of you. Totally. It's just they're going about their whole thing. You don't need to worry about that. You don't need to waste your energy, time or space mm-hmm. on someone that isn't going to give you exactly what you're giving them. Well, what a beautiful little episode. Yeah. Thank you so much to all the chicks who sent in your questions and thank life you, advice. Thank you to Cynthia, <laughs> Tammy Lee, Mary Ann and Beatrix <laughs> for <laughs> sending in your dilemmas. Mm-hmm. We love y'all so much. And please feel free to slide into our DMs anytime with your questions or if you have any topics or dilemmas that you want us to cover on the show because we love to hear from you chicks. And as always, thanks for having us in your ear holes we love 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 to be here and thank you to our production team at mrk studios for making today's episode possible and we'll see you next tuesday see you next tuesday chicks bye chickies bye